Hello, my dudes. Welcome back to Previously Gifted. I just attempted yet another new and different intro dance. This time I was trying to clap and then realized you can't clap loudly in front of a live microphone. It's fine. We're working on it. We are always here. We're always changing. Anyway, yes, welcome back to Previously Gifted. This episode is going to be all about Nathan and I visiting Ireland, mostly Dublin, but we did also take a day trip out west. So you'll hear all about that and all of my um, small travel pet peeves, the good and the bad of our little trip. Um, before I get started, oh my god, I have such an exciting announcement! Um, if you're watching this on a podcast app or you're watching it on YouTube, you've probably already seen it, but we have new podcast art, everybody. Um, Nathan, I never got to give him a shout out, really. I don't remember. But last year, Nathan uh, pretty much designed the whole uh, previously gifted art for me, and I appreciate it. He also helped me find the intro and transition music, so shout out, Nathan. You get your kudos. Um, but this year, with it coming up on the second season slash the anniversary of the pod, I wanted to mix it up. I wanted to level up. And I wanted to get us something a little new. So I reached out on Instagram and asked if any of you are graphic designers, because I know a lot of you are very talented artists. And uh, one wonderful lady reached out. Her name is Avneet, and she was so professional working with me. Oh my god, she's the best. She, um, <laughs> just so, so kind and loving. She would send me these emails that were like, you know, just very organized with, like, target dates, and she's great at, you know, taking um, suggestions and changes and edits, and she's just wonderful. I want to give you guys um, a shout-out to her Instagram in case you're looking for an artist or just somebody to follow because she's so very talented. I'm pretty sure her Instagram is Avnito. Yes. <laughs> so her Instagram is A-V-N-E-A-T underscore O of Neat Sandu. She is so wonderful. She has a very distinct um, style, and it's just so fun and playful. And I think she has created some really, really wonderful stuff for the pod. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, I feel literally so new and fresh. I feel like the podcast feels alive, and um, it's just great. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy that. You need to kind of get familiar with the podcast art so that you can link it in your brain with the podcast. You might be used to the green and the baby picture of me. Actually, it's me in kindergarten. Thank you. Uh, so just reconnect it with this nice new art. So shouts out, shouts out. Um, what else? Oh, before we get started, we got to give a shout out to the patrons. I've just been thinking about the Patreon today. In case you don't know, we have a Patreon where you can support the podcast at Previously Gifted. That's not it. Patreon.com slash Previously Gifted. There are two tiers, and I have been trying to work on revamping that so that I can encourage more of you to go join the Patreon, but I want it to be worth it for you. Um, I appreciate everyone who is willing to drop a little donation for me, um, but I want to make it a nice back and forth. So I've been thinking of um, <laughs> mostly how I can really commit to monthly or even more often than that bonus episodes, and um, there's this Discord server on there. I don't know how Discord works. I've never used it, but I would like to test it out. It's basically like a chatting thing, mostly used for gamers and streamers and stuff, but um, <laughs> we could figure it out. We could become a little Patreon podcast fam on there, all right? So if you're interested, check out patreon.com slash previously gifted. I'm not looking for my sponsors on my phone because they're on my notepad. Duh. Gotta give a shout out to the sponsors. These are the real ones, the OGs. They really, really help this podcast continue, and I love them so very much. We have Eric Courtright, Hannah Baker, Liz Walsh, Lauren Thomas, and love you. Love you guys so much. Sorry, I was literally actively trying to hype myself up for the podcast, but also try to breathe. <laughs> I have this terrible habit when I start recording. I get nervous. It's like when I'm giving a, a presentation in a class or speaking in front of groups at all. I am so confident until I begin to speak. And then I can hear my voice like shaking. 
you know, that kind of voice that sounds like you're about to start crying. And I'm like, I'm not going to cry. But then thinking about sounding like you're going to cry makes me want to cry. <laughs> and I'm fine. No, but I was like, okay, I always get a little too ahead of myself when I'm speaking, especially on the podcast. There aren't very moment, many moments for uh, breathing, especially somebody like me who has like breathing problems. I'm like not that good at breathing, to be honest. <sighs> you know, yeah, let's take this opportunity. <laughs> We're going to slow it down before I jump into my Ireland stories. I want everybody to breathe with me. As always, I'm really scared to inhale through my nose on a microphone because I'm pretty sure I have a deviated septum. I, I decided that, that that was one of my medical issues recently. Um, I was so frustrated that I couldn't, like, breathe in the night. And I was like, there's got to be something wrong with my nose. And I was like, you know what? I have a deviated septum. It has to be. My nose is a little bit crooked on one side. So I'm like, yeah, that's it. Unconfirmed by the doctors. 100% just Googled. But um, anyway, we're going to breathe for the sake of calmness, and then we'll get started. Everybody, please um, close your eyes, wherever you are, whether you're at work, not doing work, washing the dishes, you're on your commute, you're headed to school, or your job or an internship. Good for you. Keep your eyes closed, unless you're driving. <laughs> please open your eyes. You can blink, but keep your eyes on the road, please. And now we are going to um, inhale sharply through the nose because I can feel that um, my nose is running. Oh, that was perfect timing for this. And we're going to do it again. One more sharp inhale. <laughs> Great. Love it. And um, now we're just going to do one regular deep breath, all right? Um, in through your nose, out through your mouth. Here we go. Oh, God. I cannot inhale at all. That was not a deep breath. Sorry. Exhale. Okay, start empty. Is anybody else really stressed out by, like, having to breathe in an organized way? I'm like, I can't do this, and everyone's gonna know that it's not me. Or it's me who can't, like, breathe in uniform with everyone else. When are there ever situations where I'm with a group breathing? I'm imagining myself in a yoga class that I'm not even in, you know? Like, a group meditation that I have never taken part in. But I'm like, well, you know, every single time that me and a group of strangers have had to breathe deeply together... It just doesn't happen, okay? Anyway, let's jump right the frick in to Ireland. Um, first of all, my travel expectations for this time while we've been in England and are in England have turned out very differently than I initially expected. Um, I literally planned <laughs> to be traveling like every other weekend at least. I was like, you know what? There are so many places I want to go, so many things I want to see, people I would like to visit. Um, let's make it happen. And then I got here, got into a little routine, and I was like, first of all, I don't want to travel alone. <laughs> you know, like Nathan is here to be with his family, but also he's still working during the day. So it's not like all of our days are free. And I was like, I don't really want to travel alone. Like, I like, I like spending, like, a day alone, but I, the thought of actually going somewhere, spending a whole weekend by myself, especially, like, walking anywhere by myself, like, at night or at creepy hours, um, yeah, I was like, well, that's, that's an issue. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, Dublin was actually our first trip, is that true? Yeah, well, we've been here, we had been here almost a month, just about now, so, um, it was Nathan's birthday gift to me, was a little trip to Dublin, and it's great because it's one of the few places he hasn't already been. Nathan is a big traveler. He and his family have uh, have been to many places, so it's a little bit difficult to find places that are new to him. Uh, but yeah, Ireland, people were like, why Ireland? Some people. And um, I mean, I'm down to go anywhere, to be honest, but I do have some Irish blood. Not that I've taken like a 23 in me, it hasn't been confirmed by a blood test, but, um, what is it? My mom's dad's side is actually from Shannon, Ireland, which is a very, like, small, um, area on the west coast of Ireland, and, uh, yeah, I don't really know much about that side of the family, never met any of them, but, you know, it's that vaguely Irish blood, you know? I love the way that, um, like, vague ancestry works, where people are like, I am Italian. It's like, when was the last member of your family, like, 
you know, born in Italy. They're like, I don't know. I just know my grandma's kind of Italian, so I'm Italian, right? I don't care to, like, put it into numbers, though, because if I broke it down, like, I'd be, like, 124th Irish. What does that even mean? You know? I don't care. Um, but yes, I know that some part of my distant family or my mom's family comes from Ireland, so that's fun. As a blonde, blue-eyed girl, I guess that kind of fits into Irish, uh appearance a little bit. No, it would be much more accurate if I had red hair, but whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that was my vague reason for being interested in going to Ireland. Also, I'd heard that it was beautiful. People love Dublin. People love exploring, you know, the countryside of Ireland. So I was down. Um, <laughs> so we had a long weekend there. We were there from Thursday to Monday. So the flight was very quick. We flew with Flybee, shouts out. And, um, we landed. Great news. <laughs> I, again, I've talked about this, I think, recently, but I have a teeny bit of flying anxiety, which is annoying. But um, it was a tiny kind of plane. And I was like, I hate small planes. But then I was like, you know what, I think I feel more comfortable trusting that the aerodynamics will work in a small plane rather than a big one, even though it works for all of them. You know, I try to rationalize everything and make it logical. And it's just it just gets further from the truth whatever. <laughs> so, um, we got to Dublin late on Monday. No, Thursday, if I'm right. And, um, yeah, we, we settled in at our hotel. I'm a huge fan of Airbnb. So usually if I'm booking something, I do Airbnb and Airbnb is a toss up. Like I can read reviews. I can look through all the pictures, but you never ex exactly know how the experience is going to be. So it's always funny to, <laughs> like lead Nathan or a group of people to an Airbnb that I've booked because I'm like, oh, fuck, this better be good because everybody paid for it and I picked it. Um, and yeah, you just never know. So Nathan is usually more of a fan of just hotels because it's simple. You know what you're getting. <laughs> you know, you're going to have a clean bed, a clean room. I mean, debatably clean. We don't know if they wash all the sheets all the time, but who cares? I'm there to relax. I don't want to think about that. Um, you get your bathroom. You get your little tiny coffee maker, maybe some uh, continental breakfast. We did have a continental breakfast and they had vegan sausages, which was very exciting. Um, it became my routine every morning. I had to specifically ask for the vegan sausages because they weren't out at the buffet with everything else. Um, and literally the first time they brought them out, I looked at them and I was suspicious because Nathan asked for them for me and I'm not sure if he was clear. And I was like, oh my God. I cut into them and they looked kind of meaty and then I took a bite and they tasted meaty and I was like chewing it very hesitantly. <laughs> Nathan's like, what's wrong? And I was like, this just tastes different. I was like, can you try it and tell me if it tastes meaty or if it tastes vegan? But that's the thing is so many vegan products taste pretty close to the real thing or they taste vaguely meaty. And so I decided to trust that they were indeed vegan sausages. Um... <laughs> But anyway, so we were in Dublin in a hotel, just chilling, absolutely having a wonderful time. Speaking of chilling, it was cold and we had to be very prepared for that. It was pretty nice when we first arrived in England. It wasn't like that chilly yet, but um, going up a little bit further north and Dublin's always a little bit wet as well. We knew that we would have to be ready for colder weather. So I dressed in, um, you know, all my winter gear, which I don't like. Can I just say, it's probably just the Californian in me, but like I'm not used to dressing in like a full winter wardrobe and I hate wearing so many layers because I feel like it's not cute. People love dressing for fall. They're like, oh, you get to layer things and you get to wear boots and sweaters and I like them, but I don't like wearing them outside and I hate having to dress like for the necessity of being warm. So, um, I always get frustrated because I'm like, I feel like I just look like a fucking potato. Like I have so many layers on my jacket's not flattering and I'm still cold. By the way, I have like a reindeer nose. Um, <laughs> my nose gets so red when it's cold and um especially because I don't wear any face makeup it just shows through so I have this red ass nose this pale ass face and then my lips turn blue because I'm that cold so I look very cute in um in pictures taken outdoors in cold climates it pisses me off the whole reason I want to travel is to take an Instagram picture <laughs> 
not really, but kind of, you know? Um, so anyway, Dublin, let's talk about it. I didn't really know what to expect um, for Dublin. Nathan, I, as I said, hadn't been to Ireland yet. Hello? Sorry, something just made a noise and scared me. Um, Nathan hadn't been to Ireland, and he was expecting it to be pretty similar to the UK, though they are separate. And, um, yeah, to an extent, I agree with that. They drive on the same side of the road as, you know, the UK, and there's all that. Um, but I feel like Ireland has a very... Excuse me. I think it's, like, the Discord server or something popping off. Shut up, I'm recording a podcast. Dublin, to me, had a very European feel, which obviously makes sense because the Republic of Ireland is part of the EU. Um, But yeah, to me, Dublin, there were definitely parts of it that felt more like Amsterdam, which I was surprised. Um, Like the their little bridges and the kind of style of some of their architecture just vaguely reminded me of Amsterdam. Um, But yeah, it's a very interesting blend because it is a bit like England, of course, or the UK. Um, But then it's more European. I'm like, oh, nice. It represents its fascinating and very complicated history. Speaking of, um, I had a really interesting time, like, listening to the news while while we've been here in England in general, but also in Ireland. Um, Of course, lots of discussions about Brexit and, you know, Ireland's role in that because of the border with Northern Ireland and... mm, international politics. I'm not going to talk about it because honestly, I don't understand enough to really weigh in at all. But um, yeah, I've been hearing a shit ton about Brexit. And I'm like, this is so fascinating. But I am in over my head. And honestly, so is everybody. Um, So yes, we're in Dublin. And we had a couple things on our to do list. Vaguely, we went to a tourist office. And I don't really... um, I don't do touristy things very often. Like, when I when I visit a city, or at least when I have, uh, like, after my semester in France, um, I was just trying to, like, spend the least amount of money but still be able to see the things I wanted to see. So usually I'll pay for, like, an attraction or a museum, but not, like, tours. Because, um, you know, obviously tourist traps can be annoying and whatever, but sometimes they're good. So we decided, um, especially with the weather, that we'd want to arrange, like, at least buses or, like, those kind of tours so that we wouldn't just be walking around the city, like, freezing and sad. So uh, we got <laughs> we got the big tourist bus, like a two-day pass, which I think is actually really nice. I'd only done one of those. Um, I did one in Barcelona last year. Yeah, 2017. (laughs) I'm like, when did I study abroad in France? It's gonna be sad when it was like 10 years ago. I'm still talking about it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it is a nice way to see a city. It's kind of annoying, like, to see a city full of red tourist buses, but also, like, it's actually a very efficient way for that number of tourists to see a city rather than each, like, group being on a... in a car or something. But anyway... (laughs) So we did that, and that gave us a good uh, little overview of the city and a little bit of information. And then we booked our day trip, which was another bus trip out to the West Coast to go to the Cliffs of Moher. Not sure. I think that's how you pronounce it. I always just want to say Cliffs of Moher, but I think you're supposed to exaggerate the H a little bit. And then we booked a ghost tour, (laughs) which I was hesitant about. Um... But that was at the suggestion of one of Nathan's friends. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's spend a night. We're never going to be crazy and be going out at the nights anyway. So might as well do something. Um, So we booked all of those things. And (laughs) the whole time I was like, this is another thing that I try to focus on when I travel is like learning about the local history. Makes sense, right? Most people, I hope, would want to (laughs) know like what's up with the place that they're visiting. Um... So usually I just go to, like, the city museums, the natural history museums, all of that. I love them. I could spend days in there. Um, but this time we we didn't really do museums. And then we meant to, and then we waited until Monday, and Monday is the day that all the museums, or most of them, are closed. So I was like, hmm, great. Um, 
so we we had our bus tours and and those were basically my main source of information like like we'd pass a prison and they'd be like this is where all the rebels were killed and executed and i was like the rebels of what like i don't even know what you're talking about so i had to put together the history which is mainly the history between um the uk and ireland in ireland's uh, fight for independence and all of that, which I just knew nothing about, really. So it was nice to kind of put the pieces together, but I was just like, I was like, Nathan, can you give me like a Sparknotes version? Because I do not, I don't even, what ha- when did this happen? I don't know. Um, what was it about? But obviously, I mean, no offense, but like the UK, uh, England, whatever, Great Britain has been a very, um, Uh, colonizing country over the history of the world and you know a lot of a lot of places have rebelled against it including the U.S. of A. to get their independence so I was like you know I I actually get it you know obviously (laughs) but anyway um it was funny being there with Nathan because I mean you've got an American and a British dude in Dublin, which isn't weird because there are tourists of all types, but I was like, do people low-key hate Nathan right now because he's English? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know how, like, how deep that relationship still runs because it's, like, a very complicated thing. Like, you're related, you've got this tied-up history for hundreds of years, but then the Irish fought to get away from you and get their independence and now they're kind of still pissed at you like those feelings are still there which I find to be very fascinating like I don't think I don't think Americans are particularly bitter toward the British but you know I don't know (laughs) also we got our independence from Britain uh long before the Irish did. Anyway, I'm going to take a break right here. When we come back, I'm going to tell you more things about uh, the tours that we went on, the good and the bad, some of my pet peeves, and mostly I'm probably going to blow my nose because I'm a sniffle queen. See you in a sec. And we're back. Before I jump into more Ireland stories, I want to give a shout out to you guys who have left more reviews on iTunes. As a reminder, uh, I would like to ask you guys to please subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. And um, if you would like, please leave me a review. I am waiting till we get to 100 and we are now at 98. So thank you guys for uh, these people who left reviews. I'm going to read part of them really quick. We got a review, five stars, from the other Ella. Says, woo, love it. I like listening to your stories and life advice and adulting journey. Not so into book and movie reviews, but in general, that's just not my thing. Overall, love it. Keep it up. Thank you, other Ella. Then we got a five star. Favorite casual podcast from a series of numbers. I get so excited when a new episode pops up in my feed. It's a joy to listen to during my commute or in the office and truly feels like catching up with an old friend. Oh, I enjoy hearing her relatable struggles as a young adult and all the other miscellaneous topics she covers. I've been a listener since day one and never had an episode I didn't truly enjoy. That is so kind. Thank you so much, 3543223. I hope that's not your phone number. But if it is, I'd call you. I won't. Um, and our last review for today is five stars, one of my top podcasts from Illy. I love you, I love you, but one's with a Y and one's with a U, and then a less than three. Love that. <laughs> I've been watching Tiffany on YouTube for well over seven years. Time goes by so fast. Wow. And I love keeping up with her life and transition into adulthood. I love listening to her podcast while I clean and do busy work. Thanks for putting in all the great work, Tiffany. Thank you guys so much. Um, again, the podcasts mean a lot in terms of marketing the podcast. You know, subscriptions, downloads, and reviews all help, you know, potentially. Someday we might be able to get some official brand sponsors. And that means... <laughs> paying off my student loans that much faster. Anyway, thank you guys. So I've got a couple things on my phone that I made notes of throughout the weekend. I was like, oh, this is going to be gold for the podcast. I got to talk about this. (laughs) Oh, no. The first thing that I just have to get out of the way because it pisses me off so much 
is the ghost tour that we went on. For those of you who are from Dublin or are visiting Dublin soon, I've got to tell you just to warn you, I doubt that any locals would ever do this tour, but um, it's called the Grave Digger Ghost Tour. It's like one of the official Irish day tour um, tours. And again, it was advertised as just like a nighttime bus tour and it's supposed to be telling stories about like the plague and I don't know what to expect. I I have never gone on like a haunted ghost tour um cuz most of the time they are stupid and you know not rooted in any history. I mean, some cities have so much actual great history to pull from that is genuinely spooky. Like for example, New Orleans. I think New Orleans would be a great place to do a ghost tour depending on, you know, which company you go with. But um Nathan wanted to, and I was like, you know what? Yes, let's do it. And we had a couple drinks beforehand. We're like, yeah, we got to show up a little, a little dizzy, a little tipsy. Um, I had like one beer. (laughs) I had like one beer. No, actually, I'm pretty sure I had a glass of wine at the hotel. And then I had a glass of beer when we were eating Chinese food. (laughs) Still only two drinks. But um, I was, I was thoroughly tipsy. If you saw my Instagram, I was taking pictures in the bathroom of the Chinese restaurant, because that's the level that I was at. And, uh, of course, Nathan showed up feeling 100% sober, because he had only had one or two drinks, and he's not nearly as lightweight as I am. But, um, we showed up at the meeting place, and it's this bus, it finally pulls up, and it's supposed to be all decorated inside, so... We go in and there's like a little jump scare, like somebody jumps out at us in the dark bus and we're like, oh, cool. And they did decorate it pretty well. They like blacked out the windows and there were like some skulls and stuff around and cool lights. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this might be all right. And then um, as we're all getting settled in and sitting down, we just get surrounded by this group of tourists. I couldn't tell where exactly they were from. Um, I always feel very ignorant when I hear people speaking in a language that I'm not familiar with because like at least French I can like vaguely understand some words and stuff and I'm like okay I get this but when you're listening to a language that you know nothing about it literally sounds like the sims like I I get my brain gets so overwhelmed because I'm like I can't comprehend any of this and there's so much talking going on and there were almost no um English-speaking tourists around us on the bus. So I was like, wow, I really feel like we're in, like, another town. Like, I don't feel like we're in Ireland. But obviously, we're surrounded by tourists, so it makes sense that it's not, like, locals or many other English speakers. But anyway, I wouldn't be bothered by that if they would have stopped talking during the tour. (sighs) Let's jump right in. (laughs) So, um... I mean, like, one was a group of, like, youngish college-age girls having a good time. They had, like, an entire bottle of Smirnoff in their purse, just, like, chugging it. I was like, holy shit, they are going hard for this ghost tour. Um, And clearly they were down to have a good time. They're down to clown. And then there are a couple of older women behind us also having a great time, but being very loud in my ears. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm, like, I'm pretty quiet in, like, a tour setting just because I want to take it in, you know? Um, But I guess it'd be different if I were with, like, a group of my friends, you know, wanting to really get rowdy, and if I were totally smashed. Um, (laughs) So by the time the tour actually started, I no longer felt tipsy. I felt 100% sober, and I was like, god damn it, I needed that to cut the edge of this. Um, The dude... Our tour guide gets on the bus and he, like, scares people coming up the stairs and he's wearing this, like, ratty, cheap, very, like, not try-hard outfit and, like, some bad makeup on his face and he's supposed to be a plague victim. Um, so he, he comes on with his heavy Irish accent and he's explaining, like, the tour, um, and the plague and whatever and, um, (laughs) he, he goes from, like, the front of the bus to the back and just kind of walks Um, so that each of us can kind of hear him, but, um, he's coming down the aisle and then you get a whiff of him and he smells so heavily like sweat, like the worst body odor ever. And then that smell lingers when he walks away and you can tell everybody like the hair on the back of our necks stood up and we're like, ew, (laughs) you know, I was like, I don't even want to breathe anymore. Um, 
Then he walks away. Luckily, he stayed closer to the front of the bus, which was good in the scent area, but then I couldn't fucking hear him. It wasn't only just his accent, which was a little bit heavy, but I could understand most of it, but he would just yell, and then I just couldn't understand what he was saying, because he was yelling. So he's vaguely trying to explain like the plague and how it started to spread through the waters because obviously they didn't understand like sanitation. Um, So then they infected the waters of Dublin and that's how the plague ravaged the city. Um, And I was, I was interested in it. I wanted to learn about it. I was like, you know what? We're here. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to have a spooky good time. But everybody around us just kept talking the whole time or like they would laugh at each other. And just every time somebody would speak or laugh, like, not at his jokes, it would just interrupt the whole thing. And I was just so frustrated. I was like, dude, this is my biggest pet peeve. Nothing pisses me off more than going to a movie or a show or a performance. This is essentially a performance. Um, And having people just blatantly disregard the fact that everyone around them also paid for this and we might actually want to listen, you know? It pisses me off so much. And again, I wish I was more of, like, a a tough person. I was just listening to the This Might Get podcast by Grace Helbig and Mamrie Hart. And um, Mamrie was talking about how she um, is a shusher and how she'll shush people in movies and like in, in shows and stuff. And I was like, damn, I admire that so much because like, I am not aggressive enough to shush people, but I should because they deserve it, dude. Like if you're ruining a movie for me, There was a girl who was talking during A Star is Born right at the end where it was so emotional. And I was just like, you're going to have a full-blown conversation right now? Like, that's so fucking rude. Um, So kind of the same thing was happening on this tour. And it was just like, it was dark. It smelled bad. There were people talking. We couldn't even hear the actual tour. And then we'd get off the bus, go out at these, like, a few different stops. And it was, like, never quite worth it to get off the bus. So it was like, this is the jail. And he would tell some ridiculous story that was like, I don't know, his sense of humor was so like crude and like not funny. Like he he made some kind of a, a penis joke and one of the girls laughed so hard for like two minutes straight. And I was just like, I was like, wow, I didn't know that I like had this level of sophistication. I couldn't, can't even say sophistication. Um, I'm like, I didn't even know I had these standards, but like, this is below my standards. Like, I want actual intelligent, you know, and truly spooky information. I don't, like, I get that most ghost tours are also based on, like, rumors or stories or folklore. That's cool. But, like, at least make it to where we can understand what's happening. Because even when I could hear him and understand him, it just wasn't adding up. I was like, dude, you're the worst storyteller ever. And this is your job. And you smell so bad. I was like, dude, do they never wash these? Because it's truly horrendous. Um, So the tour continued and like halfway through, it was like a two hour tour. Halfway through, Nathan and I were like, dude, like we should bail. Like this is actually horrible. It went out of the city to this random bar where it promised us a free drink. So I was like, oh, okay, we'll go to the bar. Um, Plus we're getting further from the city. I don't want to like pay extra for a taxi back in if the bus is going to bring us back in, so let's just be patient. But then we get there, and they bring out this tray of, like, little shots, and it reminded me of (laughs) this, like, walking, um, what was it? It was a pub crawl. I went on a pub crawl with my friends with our hostel in, uh, Barcelona, and it was the same thing. Like, they're like, oh, we're going to hit up these cool places, and then we're going to get free drinks, and it's always this cheap little shot that's, like, so watered down that it's not even alcoholic, barely, and, um, I was so angry when I saw that. I was like, I don't even want to take a sip of that. Like, why would I want to do that? I was so over it. I mean, I get that, you know, they're not going to give you, like, a full Guinness. They've got to make some money. But I was like, don't even promise me a free drink if you're going to give me that shit. Like, that's that's nothing. That's an ice cube. Like, what? That's, like, literally a cup of juice with a splash of some kind of alcohol in it. Nathan said it tasted good. I didn't even want to try mine. Um, but anyway, I just got in, like, such a bad mood. And then on top of that, I just don't like being, like, out at night, really, which is hilarious. It wasn't even late. It was probably, like, nine (laughs) o'clock. 
maybe 10. But I was just like, I just want to be back at the hotel. I want to be snuggled up. I want to be like playing my game or watching I'm a Celebrity and just be warm because I don't like this tour and it's stupid and everyone keeps talking. So that's my complaint about our ghost tour. Again, if you're ever in Dublin, don't do it. And I probably will never consider doing a tour like that again. Oh, it cost us like 40 euros and it was like the biggest waste of time and money. So that was just a big bummer. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then we will be right back with more Ireland stories. And we're back. All right, next I want to talk about the food that I experienced in Dublin. Because I'm vegan, um, food is a big priority for me when I'm traveling. I always research in advance, try to see kind of what kind of places are nearby, uh, where there are vegan options or vegetarian-friendly places, and of course, I love taking recommendations. So before we got there, Dublin seemed to be fairly vegan-friendly. There were a number of vegan options, and I was like, all right, this is going to be good. Um, Of course, we're not going to go to these vegan places for every single meal, but at least like if we're looking for a dinner or lunch place, we can consider these. So, um, as I said, I was getting my vegan sausages in our, um, continental breakfast and, um, just having some, like, toast and jam and beans and that was it. But, okay, so what happened? First of all, I didn't know how expensive Dublin would be in terms of, like, food and drinks. Obviously, a lot of cities, especially in more touristy areas, will be, pretty pricey, but it was like, it's like very expensive. Well, not very, but more expensive than I expected. Um, like the Chinese restaurant we went to. Nathan and I, it was right before the ghost tour, so we were just like, let's just get some food and then we'll head out, whatever. I ordered a fried rice, a vegetable fried rice with no egg, and then Nathan ordered like one entree, and it came to like it was like 40 euros between the two of us. I was like, did I seriously just pay 20 euros for one order of fried rice? And it wasn't even a big portion. I was like, this is actually evil. Like, how dare you? Like, you know, if it were, if it were literally a gigantic plateful, I would have been happy, but it was like a small amount and it was so expensive. And then we got drinks and I was like, damn, like we could have gone anywhere else. And like, like you can order like, Chinese takeout for an entire family for less than that. I mean, of course, yeah, we're in a restaurant, but still. Um, There were a couple occasions like that where either, yeah, we spent more or the food just wasn't good, and it's just so disappointing when you are so hungry and desperate and then you order something, spend too much money, and then you don't like it. (laughs) So um, another thing I want to talk about specifically is Mexican food. There was a lot of Mexican food in Dublin, um, which I like because I think Mexican food is my favorite food. Of course, coming uh, from Southern California, I've grown up eating what I would consider to be pretty authentic Mexican food. Um, Of course, I've had like, you know, Tex-Mex or more Americanized Mexican food, but I think that a lot of the food that I know and love is more, you know, authentic. But then I realized it and I was like, dude, I haven't even been to Mexico. Like, how dare I like try to say what is authentic when I haven't been to Mexico? I mean, Southern California, lots of areas. I mean, when you walk into um, an authentic Mexican food place in California, you know, like, you know, by the big old menu that takes up the whole wall and it's all pictures of the food and, you know, the average... American who's not familiar with it wouldn't know how to pronounce any of the foods. They'd be very overwhelmed. That's how you know you're in a pretty authentic place. When they've got, like, Haritos. (laughs) I probably just pronounced that wrong, so I'm sorry for butchering it. Um, But anyway, I feel like I'm pretty, pretty well-versed on what is acceptable and good Mexican food. But obviously, as a vegan option, it's always good. Dude, just give me a bean and rice burrito and I will be happy. But I have had the most sad... (laughs) and disappointing Mexican food experiences. Like when I go to order a burrito, and again, it's like rice and beans and maybe guac and lettuce or something, and it's disappointing. I'm like, dude, you had one job and it's rather simple. How did you fuck that up? Like, uh, I had the worst burrito of my life um, up at camp 
when camp was over, we were still up there for a couple weeks while Nathan and everybody was doing events. And I had this burrito that we ordered from our local diner because I was sick of ordering this veggie burger that I always got. So I was like, oh, I'll just get a burrito. It was atrocious. I don't know what they did, but like the rice was flavored terribly. The beans were gross. Oh my God, the beans were horrible. It was like blended black beans. Like, how do you fuck up black beans? Oh, I couldn't even eat it. I couldn't eat any of it. It was so, so gross. <laughs> so anyway, in Dublin, there was a lot of Mexican food places. And um, I was pretty excited by that. But then we went to the Guinness Museum uh, and did that little tour, which was awesome. I like seeing that. Again, it reminded me of Amsterdam, the Heineken experience. Um, but it's cool. You know, it's nice to learn about uh, a company that's such a big part of Dublin's history. And I didn't know, like, how how awesome, like, the Guinness family and the founder were to Dublin, especially at the time. Like, they really helped support the city and the economy, and it was just, like, a great job, and it makes people proud to be Irish, and it's something that you, you know, associate with the city and the country. So, Guinness was cool, but um, we went to the dining hall in the Guinness place, and the vegan option was, like, this vegan chili, like, burrito thing. (laughs) So I was like, okay, sounds good. Like, I'll eat it. Um, So I ate that, and that was good. And then that night, we were trying to eat somewhere, or, like, the next day. Oh, yeah, we we tried out this place called The Hungry Mexican, which, again, I was like, I don't know. Is it going to be authentic? Is it going to be good? And it seemed good because it had vegan options, like jackfruit and... um, other stuff or like soy chili and I was like all right let's go but then I went there and I ended up ordering soy chili tacos and it was like exactly like the other meal where it was like way too much chili on one little tortilla but three of them because I ordered tacos um and it just didn't seem like a taco at all I was like this is weird like (laughs) like I could understand some like vegan like uh ground beef And then, like, usual taco ingredients. But I was just like, this is weird. And again, I had just eaten that chili, like, at the Guinness place. So I was like, I feel like this is all I'm eating in Dublin, which is so weird. I wanted to be able to eat some authentic Irish food. But, of course, I don't know if their traditional food is, like, super vegan friendly. Other than potatoes. Which, by the way, I eat so many. (laughs) And um, I'm really learning the difference between chips and fries. It's very interesting. Chips are much thicker and not as salty. Um, I'm always craving the salt. And then it's like you get just like a lot of potato. But again, I'm a fan. Um, So yeah, we went to that Mexican place and I was so, so disappointed. Again, it's just because I'm a SoCal native, you know, like I live and breathe burritos, you know, and I know I'm a fan of Chipotle and that's not authentic Mexican food, but it doesn't present itself as that, okay? Chipotle is Chipotle. Authentic Mexican food is what it is, or at least Tex-Mex or whatever. Um, LA is like owned by Mexican, Mexican food. That sounds so good actually right now. (laughs) I am always down for a burrito. If I can find the perfect vegan Mexican place that comes, like, complete with, like, vegan cheese that's actually good in a burrito or something, vegan sour cream, some guac, some perfect rice and beans, I would die, dude. I would die. Oh, yeah, then we... (laughs) I'm so passive. Another night I was hungry. We were on our way back and we passed this other Mexican place. I don't know why I kept wanting to go into them when I was already sick of eating it. Um, we walk into this place and you know when you walk in and walk up and see the food and then you immediately regret it, but you still order it? Yeah, I did that. Uh, I saw this food that looked so not fresh. It's like if you went to Chipotle, but everything had been sitting out all day. I was like, this is gross. Um, <laughs> so we go to this burrito place And I was just like, oh, maybe I'll just get something simple, rice, beans. And I look at their menu. They offer a falafel burrito mm, and just like a veggie burrito. And let me just tell you, I'm like, this is important to me. Listen up. I ate so much falafel during my semester in France in that time because falafel is a good vegan option, but like 
you eat too much of it and it's like, ugh. I think I had one bad falafel experience. I think it was in Barcelona and it just kind of scarred me <laughs> for like the rest of the time. And to this day, I don't want to eat falafel, even though it's good sometimes, but bad falafel is really gross, man. So <laughs> yeah, they offered a, they offered a falafel burrito, which I all, immediately was questioning it. I was like, mm, hold on, you can't call this Mexican food because... Who the fuck puts falafel in a Mexican burrito? Mm -mm. And then I always judge the rice. I'm like, is it Mexican rice? Like, what kind of rice do they offer? In a burrito, I prefer, like, white or brown rice because Mexican rice is a good side. But anyway, whatever. And then what kind of beans do they have? Um, so I looked at their food and it was, like, Chipotle style. But it wasn't a Chipotle, unfortunately. And it was so gross, but I ordered it anyway. And I... I when it comes to veggie burritos, I usually don't order the vegetables because they can be gross. Like, people put some weird-ass combinations of veggies or weird flavors. Oh, like pickled vegetables in a burrito? Goodbye. Um, so I told myself while I was ordering, don't you fucking order those veggies. Just get rice and beans. Like, how badly can they fuck that up? Then you can still enjoy the flavor of the tortilla and maybe some guac and lettuce. But then my stupid ass... The dude goes, do you want the veggies? And I'm like, um, yeah. <coughs> Holy shit. Sorry. I just died. <coughs> God damn it. That was so sudden. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the dude goes, do you want the veggies? And I'm like, uh, maybe just a bit. And they're like wet, like they're veggies in liquid. And that's the shit that pisses me off. When you go to get a burrito and they just put like a wet pile of something in it and then it ruins the whole thing because it gets everything too wet fuck that um so I asked him to like kind of dry it off like they do at Chipotle they like let a lot of the liquid out but he didn't and then I told him that was enough and then he added more veggies so it ruined it and um so then we left and as soon as we walked out Nathan was like that's gonna be gross that's disgusting and I was like why did you let me order it he's like I don't know you were already going I didn't want to tell you to stop and I was like dude this is gonna be gross like I'm already put off of it and we haven't even gotten home like I haven't even tried it yet um I tried it it was okay it definitely wasn't good. I ended up taking it apart and literally eating, like, the whole tortilla <laughs> and, like, not the inside because the vegetables were not good. Sorry, I'm burping. Love that. So anyway, that's my food experience. A lot of you recommended a place called Token, which is, like, an adult arcade and bar and they offer vegan food. And I was like, dude, I wanted to go, but then it didn't end up... Um, working with any of our plans and then we were free on Monday and then it was closed <laughs> and I was so sad because it looked like it would have been really fun but anyway if I ever go back to Dublin I'll try to check out Token if any of you are gonna visit go to Token there was also this vegan place called Beast that I wanted to go to and again it was closed on Monday and I was like god damn it I I respect a city that has like you know an unofficial schedule for its people, but it's also inconvenient for me as a tourist because I don't get to do the things I want to do on the day that I want them to. It's like, I get that you don't want to stay open seven days a week, but what if I want to go to the museum on a Monday? What if I want this vegan food? <laughs> anyway, these are my travel pet peeves. Uh, this makes it sound like I did not have a good time in Dublin, but I did. I did have a good time. Um, yes. Yeah, so the last thing I guess I'll talk about from Dublin or our trip to Ireland, was our bus day trip to the Cliffs of Moher. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because on the bus ride back um, from Galway to Dublin, which is about three hours, we watched that movie Leap Year that I talked about in, in my um, classic coming-of-age comedy dramas whatever, that episode, um, where I reviewed Leap Year and how ridiculous it is and how it takes place in an Irish town called Dingle, which I didn't think was real. And then someone pointed it out that it is real. Um, so yeah, we watched Leap Year on the ride back and it just made me laugh because I was like, I don't want to watch this movie again. Like this movie does not deserve a second watch. But then I, I ended up paying attention to it because I was like, you know what? I'm bored. Sure. Let's do it. So the um, Cliffs of Moher. Cliffs of Moher. Cliff I wish I could do an Irish accent. I, I would fucking love that, but I cannot at all. So I will spare your ears. Um, the cliffs are very famous. They're like one of the most iconic Irish sites. 
Um, but they're just gigantic cliffs. And um, when I told my mom that we were going there, she was like, oh my God, please be careful. A lot of people fall off or a lot of people um, die by suicide there. And I was like, okay, mom. I was like, I'll be safe. Like, I'm not going to go near the edge of the cliffs like an idiot. But you never know, dude. Apparently there are some people who are just like not paying enough attention. But anyway, I had that little, little grim umbrella over my head. I was like reading these like morbid stories about the cliffs. Um, I mean, any, any place that is so tall like that tends to be a hotspot for suicides, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, that's, that's just how it is. So anyway, <laughs> we wanted to do this because it gave us a big opportunity to see outside of Dublin. And also we had, we were there for a long weekend. And I really think you can see Dublin within like two days, like, you know, the general gist of the city. Um, so we spent a whole day going out and seeing, you know, more of the country, which is crazy. The fact that you can drive from Dublin, which is on the East Coast to the West Coast in like, less than three hours is crazy. You could probably drive along the entire coast of Ireland in one day, like, 12 hours or something. I don't know. Fact check me. <laughs> um, it's a trip. It's very wild. It's such a small country, but there is, you know, a lot of great stuff to see. So, yeah, the bus trip left pretty early in the morning, and we had a couple stops along the way, and then we stopped at the cliffs, so we took some pics and enjoyed the sights, and then we went to lunch, and um, one of our people got kicked off of the bus. Or not kicked off. So the bus driver was like, hey guys, we're on a schedule. We really need to meet the times. Like, don't be late. I will give you the time in advance. I'll write it on this whiteboard. You have to be back in time. So then, of course, <laughs> our first bathroom stop, <laughs> um, right after he had given that talk, People came strolling in with, like, coffees and croissants, like, five minutes late. And he was like, all right, guys, good job getting back to the bus on time. And I was like, bitch, no. If you're coming back on the first stop five minutes late, I will kick your ass. If I were that bus driver, I'd be like, hey, dudes, this is your one and only strike. Do not fuck this up again. When I say the time, I mean it. I'd be a hard-ass bus driver. <laughs> so, um, we go to the cliffs and... This time, our driver is a lot more strict. So most of the bus is, on, like, on by, like, five minutes before the time or, you know, on time. But then he does his count and realizes that three people aren't back. But then it's time that we're supposed to leave and it's right before lunch. So he gets in the driver's seat and he turns on the bus and he starts backing up. And this girl next to us in the back of the bus was like, wait, there are two people missing. And then it was just silent for a second he gets on the intercom and he's like, yeah, um, we have a schedule to stick to. We've got to get to lunch. You know, you don't want to be behind, you don't want to be behind like 10 more buses. Also, like we told them the time and they're not back. Planes leave when planes leave. Trains leave on time. You know, we got to stick to a schedule too. And everybody is like, wow, that's savage, dude. You're just going to abandon these people at the cliffs. Um, but he ended up arranging that one of the other drivers from the company would bring them to the lunch place so that we'd be able to meet back up. So it was all fine. But everybody was kind of shook for a moment. Like, oh shit, our driver is like cruel and ruthless. But I was like, dude, I 100% agree. Like, you cannot lose track of time and just come back and be like, oh, sorry, you couldn't wait an extra 10 minutes for us to realize it was time and come back. Like, no, dude, we're on a schedule. We got to get to lunch. Which, by the way, was annoying because um, it was this, like, tiny place. And I don't know how they do it, but in the summer, they'll have, like, 10 or 20 buses there, like, full of people. And this place somehow serves all of them. But um, it was, like, this weird little, I don't even know what to call it kind of place. It was kind of like a cafeteria-style thing, so... I don't know. <laughs> we were in line so long and, like, couldn't see the menu. And then we got up there and there was some kind of a veggie curry that I could have. Was not 100% certain if it had dairy or not. And I was so scared. Because um, I'm like, dude, this is not the time for me to eat dairy and then feel sick. Because we have a big, long bus ride to get back to Dublin. But um, I asked, I was like, is the curry dairy free? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I don't trust you. 
I was like, but also there are so many people in line behind me. Like, people just order and get their food and they're done within like 15 seconds. I was like, this is not the time to have an informed conversation about the ingredients of this curry. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet and just do it. Um, But then we like couldn't find a place to sit for a while. And it was like, I don't like having a stressful eating experience. You know, I want to be able to know that I will have a table. Um, that's another reason. There were a couple of vegan places that we visited or tried to go to in Dublin. Uh, like one's called Cornucopia, which a lot of people recommended. And it's got like really great, um, whole food, vegan food and this like rotating local menu. But we went there, um, and this is when we ended up going to the Chinese restaurant instead. Um, we go there and the line is so long, like the line's like 15 minutes long and there's nowhere to sit. And you can't see what the food is until you get to the front. And I was just like, what? Like, that's the frustrating thing because, I mean, so often it's like all the vegetarians or all the vegans in a whole city are trying to go to one place for lunch. Like, it makes sense why it's all busy. But it's frustrating to not be able to, like, know that you'll be able to sit down and enjoy your meal. And it's not even like it was like a sit-down restaurant. Like, it's a counter service and then you find a spot, place. So... (laughs) I could feel Nathan's uh, impatience and I didn't really want to like deal with that either. Um, So that's why we went to the Chinese place. We did end up going back to Cornucopia another day for lunch, but it was the same kind of situation. So we ended up taking the food all the way back to our hotel where we knew we would have a place to sit in the lobby in the bar. (laughs) So anyway, I think I'm losing my voice right now. I don't understand why. Anyway, that is my uh, my little bit of stories about Ireland. I feel like I didn't explain much, but there were just a couple highlights. In general, I enjoyed it. It was great to see another country. I'm glad I got to see the city and then see a little bit of the countryside. There were so many cool um, like superstitions within like the countryside. Um, I'll close it out with that. So... Our bus driver, first of all, on our day trip was awesome. He is awesome and he was over the intercom giving us information throughout the trip. But, you know, he'd give us like 10 minutes of a talk and then say, okay, go ahead, take a nap. Like, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) And so it wasn't too much information. But um, he would tell us about the little villages we were passing or the little towns or like abandoned castles or abandoned churches or ruins and... um, Yeah, the Irish apparently have a lot of superstitions about, I don't know if it was like we were passing old churches or houses, um, but they don't want to touch them. They don't want to disturb them. So they won't tear them down, but they also won't um, fix them. So they just kind of stay there forever because they get get, um, superstitious that they'll get bad luck and then, you know, their farming will be ruined and, you know, all of that. So it's very interesting. And then we were driving past this um, coastal route on our way from the cliffs to Galway. And um, he was talking about how people believed that, like, fairies or pixies, like, lived in the hills and how, like, the pixies are mean or something (laughs) and um people would like say that if you disturbed the land that the pixies would like take revenge on you or something so they built these like pixie monuments like they they built these little pixie houses to honor the pixies and I'm just like when some kind of superstition (laughs) like that begins like who thinks hmm we're disturbing the pixies or the fairies what can we do to appease them and somebody's like build them a house If you're going to build a well, you got to build a house around the well to make the pixies and the fairies happy. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, how does that work? But also, okay. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a superstitious person, but I do really enjoy learning about that kind of um, more rural or like countryside culture, especially in a country like Ireland that, you know, it has such a rich history. That was what was also really striking was like, you know, we'd drive by and he'd be like, oh, that house or that abandoned ruin dates back to the like 600 AD. And I'm like, what? Or like, you know, 1600 AD. I'm like, oh my God, people have lived here so long. And that's my genius thought to end the podcast. Wow. People have existed for like a long time. That's crazy. Like, castles? Like, who's living in a castle, dude? 
a lot of people were back in the day. Or not a lot of people, but it's crazy to see castle ruins. I'm like, wow. I, I always get tripped out when, like, you pass a historic building or a monument or whatever, and you see, like, the modern city around it, but then they're like, oh, this church dates back to the 1400s. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this church has stood here while everything around it has evolved and evolved and evolved and changed and changed, and it's still here. It's crazy. I love it. Love history. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Once again, I want to give a shout out to Avneet for our new podcast photo and design. I totally blanked out and forgot words. Our new podcast graphics. Avnito. Avnito. Check her out on Instagram. Um, and I'll stay stay tuned for, for another freaking episode next week. I'm trying to get a little bit more consistent with my posting dates. I think I'm going to post um, kind of in the middle of the week. So I think I'm posting this one now and I'll post another one around Wednesday because I know a lot of you do listen to this on some sort of a commute and obviously weekdays would be the best days for that. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave me a comment. I love to hear from you guys and get a little bit of interaction on there. Again, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm losing my voice. Okay, thanks. Bye.